Welcome to installment 311 of Sefer Mitzvahs from the Rambam. In today's portion, we will continue our discussion of Positive Commandment 248, the Law of Inheritance. The section in Chumash, which deals with the Law of Inheritance, is in the Book of Numbers, chapter 27, beginning with verse 8. This is the case of the Benes Tzlavchad, the daughters of Tzlavchad, who had died, leaving only daughters and no son. As the verse states, Ish kiyamus, when a person dies, uvein ein lay, and he has no son, who will inherit his portion? And the Torah tells us that it is the daughters. The daughters inherit the portion. And should there be no daughters, then the Torah lists who in that case will 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 take over the the possessions and the torah gives a whole chain of inheritance about what to do if these particular relatives are no longer living and there is no one to inherit the dead man's fortune and his possessions the Rambam tells us that this general law governing inheritance includes another law from the book of Deuteronomy. And this is the law in a case where there are sons and one of the sons is a becher a firstborn the Rambam tells us that the law is that the Bechor, the firstborn, gets a double portion, Pishnaim, twice as much as the other brothers inherit from his possessions. And the Rambam tells us, as he usually does, that, that this is not a separate commandment, this is definitely included in the commandment of inheritance. Unlike the Ramban, who counts that as a separate commandment, the Rambam says it is all one, a general commandment governing all of the laws of inheritance, including the law of giving twice as much to the firstborn. The details of these laws are discussed in the 8th and ninth chapters of the tractate Baba Metziah. The Talmud tells a story about a famous court case, litigation which took place in a non-Jewish court regarding the Torah's law of a double inheritance for the firstborn. And this was before Alexander the Great, at the times of the, in the early days of the Second Temple, when after Alexander had conquered the entire civilized, virtually the entire civilized world, including the land of Israel, the nations of the world came with their complaints against the Jewish people. First came the children of Yishmael, who complained to Alexander and said that we are suing the Jewish people. We deserve two-thirds of the land of Israel, and they deserve only one-third. Gvia ben Psisa stood up for the Jewish people to answer their claims. And, and he asked, What proof do you have that you have any portion whatsoever in Eretz Yisrael? And the children of Yishmael stated that it says in your Torah that we deserve a double portion. Since it says in the Torah that the firstborn gets a double portion of his father's property, Yishmael, our son, was the firstborn. Yitzchak, who you came from, was born later. Therefore, we should get a double portion. We get two-thirds, and you get only one-third. But Gviev and Psisa answered them straightforward, and turned to Alexander and told him that according to the Torah law, a person can do whatever he wants with his property, as long as he is alive. And Alexander agreed that that is certainly allowed for a person to do. That is, that is within his permission to do so. so therefore, Gvia said, it also is written in the Torah that Abraham 
bequeathed all of his possessions to Yitzchak when he was still alive. And all of the other children he sent away and just gave a few gifts. Therefore we see that the children of Yishmael have no share in the inheritance since everything was given to Yitzchak. And Alexander asked the Yishmaelites if they had a reply, and they had no reply. And this was the end of that segment of the case. Once we started this story, we'll finish already. The second nation to come were the nation of Canaan. Canaan, the original inheritance of the land of Israel. And they claimed from Alexander that they should have the whole land of Israel. Since it's called the land of Canaan, and we are children of Canaan, it belongs to us. And Gvir asked them as well, What is your proof that it belongs to you? And the people of Canaan answered, That it says all over your Torah, That this is Eretz Canaan. And therefore the Torah itself says it belongs to us. But Gvir ben Psisa again had, had an answer, And again from the Torah. It is written in the Torah that Canaan shall be a slave to the children of Shem. And we are children of Shem. The Jewish people come from Shem, the son of Nayach. So therefore, you are anyway slaves to us. You should be slaves to us. And what you own should belong to us. And therefore, the land ultimately also belongs to us. And furthermore, the Torah states that Hashem, although He temporarily gave the land of Israel to the non-Jewish nations, that does not mean it belongs to them. It was in their possession for a certain period of time, and then He took it away from them to give it to the Jewish people. As Rashi explains in the beginning of Chumash, that this is actually the purpose that the Torah tells us the entire first book of Genesis, as well as much of Exodus, to teach us that Hashem has sovereignty over the world, and He gives the land of Israel to whoever he deems fit, that he gave it for a time period to the non-Jewish nations, but then he took it away from them and gave it to the Jewish people. And again, in the second case, the Canaanim had nothing to answer. Third came the Egyptians, and the Egyptians claimed that the Jewish people owed them large amounts of silver and gold. And if you cannot give us silver and gold, we'll take the land of Israel. And Alexander asked, what, what is your proof? And Gvir asked, what is your proof? And they said, it says explicitly in the Torah, that when the Jewish people left Egypt in the Exodus, they took silver and gold and clothing, and you took our entire treasure, and we demand you give it back. So Alexander asked Gvir, this seems to be a good claim. What, what do you answer for this? So Gvir asked, Your Majesty, you must make an accounting here. Look at how long the Jewish people were slaves in Egypt. And look at how many people there were. Count them, 600,000 Jews, men over the age of 20. And the women also worked, and the children also worked. For hundreds of years they worked very, very hard to build the city's Pisa Memramses. Figure out how much wages they deserved, and we were not paid for our work. So figure out how much we owe. The accountants that worked for Alexander started working, and the preliminary calculation was so great that even if the Egyptians were to sell the entire country, it still would not be able to repay this that they had to pay the Jews for enslaving them. And before the accountants could finish their calculations, the Egyptians saw that they had no claim to Israel and no claim to any silver and gold. And they realized that if they would press their claim, that soon Alexander would tell them to hand over Egypt to the Jewish people as well. And at that point they, they fled from the room in order to hold on to at least their own land of Egypt. 
And in this way, the Talmud tells us, save the land of Israel from all of the attacks of the non-Jewish people. The Tzemach Tzedek explains this idea that the firstborn gets a double portion according to Chassidus, according to the teachings of Chassidic philosophy. And the Tzemach Tzedek refers to the verses in Deuteronomy which describe this law. And the case is described in, such, in the following way. If a person has two wives, as is known at the times of the Chumash, a person was allowed to have more than one wife. And one was beloved to him, and one wife he grew to hate. What would happen if the one that he hated, he had the firstborn child from? And from the one he loved, a child was born second. This man would have a desire to give more to the son from the beloved wife than to the hated wife. However, the Torah says... That the son of the hated wife you should recognize. You must give him a double portion. What is that explanation of this? That Semach Sedek gives two explanations. One explanation he gives that the Ben Asnua, the son of the hated woman, is referring to a Baal Tshuva, a person who has gone away from the, from the path of the Torah, and he has disobeyed the Torah. And this is why he's referred to as the son of the hated one. Since this person has gone in ways which are hateful to Hashem, gone away from the ways of the Torah. However, later on, he comes back to the ways of the Torah. And as a Baal he gets double credit and a double reward even higher than a tzaddik. As the Talmud claims that the place that a Baal can stand, a tzaddik gomer, a complete tzaddik who never transgressed, also cannot stand in such a high place. And as the Rambam mentions in his Laws of Tshuva, the place that Baal Tshuva stands, at Tzaddik Gomer, is completely unable to stand there. It's a completely different category. And as the Tzemach Tzaddik explains, at Tzaddik inherits Shai Elamis, we learn in the Mishnah. 310 portions, or 310 worlds, will be his possessions in the world to come. A Baal someone who has gone away from the ways of the Torah and then come back to them, he inherits Kesir, which is twice, has the numerical value of 620, which is twice 310. Therefore, it is a completely different category, a much greater amount of reward in comparison to the Tzaddik. As explained in Tanya, that since the person has been far from the ways of Hashem, he now, after having corrected his ways, feels a, an overpowering thirst to get back to the ways of Hashem. That since he has been, so to speak, in a dry desert, where there has been no godliness, he now has a greater appreciation for godliness, and wishes to come back to it with even a greater strength, and therefore stands even higher than the righteous person. A second explanation that Semach Tzedek gives is that the Ben Asnua, is re- the Snua, the hated wife, is referring to Leah. As the Chumash relates in the story of Yaakov, that he had two wives, Leah and Rachel, and Rachel was the one he loved, and Leah he hated. Who is the Ben Hasnua? The Leah had many children. But the Tzemach says, Tzemach Tzedek says that this is specifically referring to Yehuda. That from Yehuda came King David. And from King David will come Melech HaMashiach, the deliverer of the Jewish people. And therefore we see that the Ben Hasnua, the son of the hated wife, gets Pishnaim, gets a double portion, a greater portion than any of the other children. That even though they were great things by all 
of the tribes that Yehuda got more than anyone else. That Yehuda would, that only Yehuda will be the ancestor of King David and the ancestor of Mashiach and thereby merit to bring the Jewish people out of Golis, out of this final exile. May it come speedily, Bimheira Vyameinu Mamish.